Today on the ZabeCast, Uncle Andy puts us on his knee and explains the one time in recorded history a Poland splurged for anything. We talk the original Home Run Derby, the NFL sexual assault kangaroo court, Dwight Howard as a wizard, and we spitball just how many wins Jay needs to keep his job as Redskins coach. All that plus Charles Oakley just should take his L and go to bed. You got 45 minutes burning a hole in your pocket, then buckle up and let's go! Oh, here we go! Friday, July 13th, 2018. Oh my, Friday the 13th! All right. Everybody calm down. Today's episode is going to go down like soft butter on a slice of nice, fresh white bread. Mm, mm, mm. That got that got weird. Sorry about that. I apologize. Let's begin with this story. ESPN signs deal to air Overwatch Final. Make room, sports fans. Video games are coming to ESPN. Activision Blizzard, creator of the massively popular Overwatch video game, inked a multi-year agreement with ESPN, Disney, and ABC to bring its eSports league to broadcast TV for the first time. Hmm. Terms of the deal were not disclosed. The video game maker created a 12-team sports league in January for professional players of the two-year-old game. ESPN will air the league's grand finals, in prime time later this month, hence July, the deadest of the dead months on the sports calendar. It's a first for primetime esports programming. A highlight show will air later on ABC. Well, I'm gonna watch the highlight show. I don't I can't watch through a whole live show of Overwatch. It's just too much. Just give me, in fact, give me the red zone version of Overwatch where you just jump from one group of nerds to another group of nerds. Oh, you're going that way, aren't you, Zabe? Calling these kids nerds. You know, they make more money than you do playing video games. You know how many people watch this? You know how many people are on Twitch? Nobody. Hey, good for these guys and good for ESPN and good for Overwatch and good for Activision and good for what? what is the league again? Uh, whatever, they've get, got a league. A lot of sports owners are in on this. Uh, the New York team belongs to Mets owner Fred Wilpon. Boston team is owned by Robert Kraft. And others are in on it. Big Teddy Pixels Leonsis is in on this stuff. The game is a first-person shooter, whereby six-person teams do battle and has 40 million players worldwide. Overwatch League, which is in the midst of its first season, had previously stuck to online streaming of its tournaments on sites like Amazon's Twitch, which inked a two-year deal with Activision Blizzard. Said John Lasker, ESPN head of digital media programming, quote, we are turning the corner here in terms of our interest and engagement in the esports category. Clearly by way of... Clearly, by the way, we're going to be covering it, starting with the playoffs and the finals this year, certainly speaks volumes to our excitement and our enthusiasm overall for esports moving forward. The Overwatch League playoffs began Wednesday evening on Disney XD and ESPN 3. The finals begin July 27th on ESPN. About 427 million people are expected to watch video gaming worldwide in 2019, according to market research firm New Zoo. The New Zoo Review, 
Wow, 427 million people. Maybe you shouldn't mock it so much, Zabe. Listen, I'm not mocking it. I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. Fuck, I wish I could have made six figures, seven figures playing video games when I was a kid. But, you know, something tells me that uh, Activision Stampede was not going to make anyone sit in front of their TV and watch. And certainly not make me rich. But, man, I could fucking play that game. Oh, yeah. You people of about the same age as me, you know what I'm talking about. This is Stampede from 1981 <laughs> for yeah. the Atari 2600. Here we go right here. For the new game consoles because it's very uh, I, I don't know who's uh, narrating this, but yeah, there's the old uh, Stampede game. Uh, you rope them doggies. They just move up and down with your horse, rope them doggies. Got the light brown ones, you got the dark brown ones, you got the black ones that are just standing there. Watch out for the skulls. Oh boy, watch out. Fling that rope. Oh, good stuff. Man, I played the shit out of this game. No, this would not make me uh, rich at all. And I just screwed up there. So when you lose all three lives, then the game ends with little fanfare. You just reach over. Yeah, and so the there you go. Look, I'm not uh, I'm not blasting video games. All I'm doing is I'm blasting any numbskull that thinks that esports is in any way sports. You can put it on ESPN. You can say this many million people watch. You can go ahead and claim competition, teamwork, uh, fast eye twitch muscles, blah, 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 blah. Not sports. Sports is a three-dimensional physical activity played in the real world that is very hard and requires actual interaction with other human beings that's sports video games don't not to the same level maybe a little coordination like okay we're on our headsets here and we're talking to each other but we're sitting down the definition to me of sports is that you get your ass kicked and you can say well you get your ass kicked in video games you might lose real quick no 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 that's different i'm talking about the primal feeling of getting your ass kicked in a sport no matter what it is it is standing in that chalk box facing a guy who throws absolute gas and thinking to yourself holy shit i'm scared right now i can't hit this pitch and i'm afraid of getting hit it is lining up in football against guys much bigger meaner and stronger than you thinking holy shit i'm gonna get run over in basketball it's trying to guard a guy taller stronger faster than you, who catches the ball and is about to post you up and make you look stupid. That's sports right there. Esports, it's video gaming. It's team video gaming that's very popular, has a lot of followers, and ESPN's going to carry it in July. That's great. Make some money. Have some fun. Hopefully Bob Kraft earns another couple billion to put on the pile. Or Fred Wilpon can make up money from his ill-fated Bernie Madoff fiasco. But it's not sports, and I'm telling you, most of these nerdlingers, why you got to call them names, most of these young men, fine young men, who I'm sure walk old ladies across the street and do their homework on time and drink their milk and are polite to their mom and dad, most of these kids cannot throw a baseball more than 50 feet. Most of these kids cannot play basketball. They're video gamers, which is fine it's not sports. It's not esports. It's not going to have any crossover. It's not bringing in any old grumps like me over the age of 40. Well, that's pretty evident. I know. 
I'm not saying it's not a bad I'm not saying it's a business the that ESPN shouldn't be in to some degree and I'm not saying that owners in the NFL and MLB and baseball and, and NBA shouldn't invest in it. Stop selling me the crossover. Stop calling it esports. Stop saying you can't st- now it's on ESPN. It's coming. It's coming. Now. It's video game. Let's leave it at that. Hey there. You are looking live at Andy Poland, ready for the All-Star Game 2018. You excited for that or what? Yes, I am. Uh, I won't be going. Uh, I went to the last one that was here in 1969. You you uh, went to that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I never told you that story. Holy shit. How old were you? Ten? I was ten going on eleven. Nice. And it was at Griffith Stadium? It was at RFK Stadium. Oh, it was at RFK. Newly named named RFK Stadium uh, because, uh, you know, Robert F. Kennedy had been killed the year before. uh, Yeah, I heard about that. Unfortunate incident. Just before the start of the 69 season, uh, they renamed it RFK. And um, a friend of mine, his uh, older brother, had just gotten his driver's license and they were going to drive down to the stadium to stand in line to buy tickets. I guess there wasn't a limit on the number you could buy. So he said, do you want to go with your dad? And I said, let me check. And the tickets were, uh, I remember this well, the tickets were $4 for the upper deck, $8 for lower level. And my father said, you know, the all-star game only comes around once in a while. Let's splurge. We'll go lower level. So by the time my friend got to the window, all the lower level were gone. But we went to the All-Star game for four bucks a piece. And you basically walked up to the window. Did you lose me? No, sorry about that. My phone's been cutting in and out. You walked up to the window, basically? No, the the, the, uh, the friend of mine went down the day before, or oh, okay. two days before. Sorry, I didn't even listen to your story very well. I was, it was My mind was wandering. But it wasn't a hard oh. ticket, though, is the point. Uh, well, no, but he, he, I mean, you had to stand in line to get them. Uh, the other interesting part of it was that the game was rained out on Tuesday night. Oh. So we had to go back on Wednesday. It was a Wednesday afternoon game uh, that the game was finally played. Last one played in the afternoon, by the way. Uh, Uncle Andy was $8 a lot of money back then in 1960. <laughs> Did your dad have to sell off the car? <laughs> <laughs> No, but I guess, you know, I guess he had to think about whether he wanted the $8 tickets or the $4 tickets. I love the fact that I love the fact that a Poland splurged once in a while. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> beautiful thing to know. So wait a minute. All right, hold on a second. So how is it that you now working part-time at least for the station that has the rights to the Nationals does right. not have either a credential or a ticket to the game? Well, it has credentials, but I'm pretty far down the totem pole on uh, on That's host, true. So I don't, and they've don't got a lot those. of guys that cover the team regularly on that station. Yeah, so I, yeah. I grant so, them that. Okay, so it, you don't have a, a, you have a credential, and the tickets. Uh, how much are the tickets going for? I that I don't really know. I'd be curious to find out what. I mean, even what the face value is. I got to think it's three three hundred dollars, don't you? It probably is. Would you? I'll look at it right now on StubHub. Would you pay face to go to the game? Yes, I would. Okay, very good. Because you went to the first game when the Nats came back to life after they were the Montreal Expos, and you were, I remember you saying on the air it was a very powerful moment for you. 
Well, here's the way that happened, too. Uh, great wisdom by our then-program director, Todd Castleberry, uh, not lining up any kind of a show downtown or anything. So we did it from the studio. I think we were still in Silver Spring at that point. Okay. And uh, and so I, I metroed down to the game. Now, the problem was when I got there about the fourth or fifth inning, the credential trailer that they had outside of RFK had been taken away. So I had a credential waiting for me there, but the trailer was gone. So I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm not going to get into the park. Just then, I see Tony Kornheiser leaving. Oh, <laughs> wow. He sees me outside the gate, and he says, here, here's my credential. Bring it to work tomorrow. So that's how I got in. And, yeah, I walked in, and the place was full, and the lights were on, and I thought, wow, this is incredible, because the last time I'd been in there had been 1971, right before the uh, Senators left for Texas. Yeah, it's a good thing. By the way, I got good news and bad news for you. As of right now on StubHub, the good news mm-hmm. is I can get you in for $244 only. The bad news mm-hmm. is it's standing room only. Yeah, I'm now, not if you, that. If you want to <laughs> you put your tuchus in a seat, that's going to cost you 324 for right field terrace 232, which is way, way up top and in foul yeah. territory. So you're not even getting a home run balls uh, by Bryce Harper. Yeah, you have to remember, too, in 1969, we had a 13-inch black-and-white TV. I now have 60 inches of glorious HD I know. to watch the game in. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel kind of bad. Now, I'll be broadcasting down there live from a different location across the street from the park. Uh, outdoors, yeah. by the way. Andy, remember when we used to do the uh, picnic table broadcasts outside <laughs> Matt's Park? And the bullpen, yeah. And the bullpen. It was, you know, we broadcast from anywhere in radio, and we were set up literally on a wooden picnic table with one umbrella that really didn't shade you well because the late afternoon sun, you know, the yep. angle of the shade was way off to the side. And, man, we baked our asses off in July yeah. doing shows from down there. Are you going to the game? Getting in? Well, here's the thing. I I have a credential available. Oh, good. So good. I feel like I should probably go to the game since getting down there and parking and setting up for the show is going to be enough of a rigmarole that right. why not stay, right? You should stay. I, I was should. at the uh, 93 All-Star game in Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, I went to the I, home I run went on credential. I went to the home run derby in 93 and it was of course in the afternoon. It's not the big TV huzzerai that it is now. And yeah. I remember going there with my uh, my sister Anne Marie because she was a big baseball fan, still is at the you know it was at the time, and it was great. Mm-hmm. It was fun, but it was it was cheap and it was not hard to get into. Nowadays, man, do they milk this thing to the roof, Major League yeah. Baseball? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, the uh, that's the game where uh, the home run derby where Griffey hit the warehouse. Yes, it is. And and I remember the next day uh, doing a show from Camden Yards before. Uh, before the All-Star game, and there were probably 30 people walking around with baseballs that they claimed had hit the wall off Griffey's bat. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of the caddies outside Augusta saying they had Tom Watson's glove from 1983 yeah. when he won it. And it was like, wait a minute, are you sure? Like, how did you get that exactly? Yeah, that same, that same home run derby that year, Juan Gonzalez, then for the Rangers, I believe, he played for in 93, hit a missile. I mean, a missile that was still rising that clattered off the second facade of the upper deck and left that made you just drop your jaw like, holy shit. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's incredible. Is the Home Run Derby still cool to you? 
Uh, it's too long. Uh, they do it brackets now. Yeah. So, like, uh, Bryce Harper has to play Freddie Freeman. And then if he wins that, he's got to win another bracket. Um, the one that was really good, I'm trying to think. Oh, the one at Fenway Park in 99 was really cool. Uh, where all the Hall of Famers gathered around Ted Williams and all that. that. That was a good home run derby. Because there was Ted Williams there. There was a living yeah. legend in his dying days that you could go, man, wasn't he a great ball player? Yeah, and, and you know, who was the one, the uh, the guy who had all the drug problems, who hit like 20 home runs in one of the rounds or something like that? I mean, occasionally there'll be a guy who really stands out, but by and large, it's, it's pretty boring, I think. One of the okay, but you wouldn't advocate getting rid of it because you know they got rid of the dunk contest, saying it's been played. Every dunk that's ever been dunked has been dunked, so let's just cash it in. And then quickly after a couple of years, people were like, "Nah, it's, let's have it. Let's have it again." Yeah. Well, I, you know, the, the, my other problem is it's too long. I mean, if if you keep it short, it's okay. Home run derby should be done in an hour and a half, I think. Well, I think they keep it long because they are getting so much money for individual yeah. tickets for people to go to the ballpark for basically a whole night of entertainment. So that's three hours, right? I guess. And they've got, I guess they've got Berman off the broadcast now. Uh, Berman's gone. Did yeah. you see, by the way, did you see, I think it was with um, sporting news. He gave an interview uh, <laughs> hinting that he'd like to come back. Berman. Uh yeah, and and he but he said he qualified it as but I think of myself like uh, I'm paraphrasing here. I think of myself like Cal Ripken and Walter Payton, only one team. Like I wouldn't do it with uh, anybody else, but <laughs> if ESPN should call, I might be interested. Well, he could go back to the same team though, that's the thing. Yeah. If I, he wants to be yeah. a one teamer. You know, as I was thinking about this cuz cuz Berman is now off of this. I always said that uh, Berman shtick works on one night a year, and it was, in fact, the Home Run Derby. Like, Okay, but how a, many times can you hear back, 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 back before you have to shut off the sound? Andy, how many times do you have to hear, step right up, win a stuffed prize, stuffed prize, put a peach in the basket, <laughs> stuffed prize. He's a carnival barker. A carnival barker you... belongs at the carnival, and this was the ultimate carnival event. Yes, but you can move on from those carnival displays. You're stuck <laughs> That's with his true. bad on yeah. TV all night long. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like working the squirt gun booth next to the carnival barker at yeah. the county fair. You're like, God, I want to strangle that fucker next to me. Exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. you know. But still, it's, uh, I, I still think it's cool. You get, we, we always have to remind ourselves, Andy, we're old. I'm 50, yes. you're 59-ish, right? You're 60, almost. Yeah. Almost 60. We've been a lot of rodeos under our belts. There are little Jimmys out there and little Susies out there to whom this is all still a wonder. Still. Yeah, I I guess it's a wonder. Or or do they just watch the highlights on their phone the next day? (laughs) I listen to you shaking your (laughs) fist at the next generation from the comfort of your lawn chair on the front porch. I love it. Yeah, well, I'm glad we still have it. I wish it was a better field because we kind of j- got gypped. I mean, seven NL guys, one AL guy. Harp, it's all set up for Harper to win. God forbid he doesn't win the damn thing, that's for sure. Yeah, well, the, the, the one good thing is uh, it can't mess up his swing for the second half because it's already oh, messed up. <laughs> exactly. You can't blame it on that. Hey, one thing about Home Run Derby that I, I think you would know, and I, I've seen clips of this, they used to have long-form standalone programs where they would have two slugging legends go against each oh, other. Oh, yeah. 
It oh, was yeah. what was that? Was that called Home Run Derby? I think it was called Home Run Derby, uh, and it was taped in the off season in Los Angeles, but not yes, at TV Dodger series. Stadium. TV series 1960 show that was held at Wrigley Field in Los Angeles. What? Right. right. There was a right, ri- but- oh, hold on, hold on, Andy. <laughs> My mind just got blown. Literally, I'd never heard there was a Wrigley Field in L.A. Yeah, well, there there was there was minor league baseball, you know, even before the Dodgers got there. So they had their foothold, and uh, and it yeah, I guess it survived into the '60s and maybe even the '70s. But they did tape this in the off season. It was shot in black and white. But I mean, you got like Mickey Mantle against Willie Mays. I mean, the best the best guys went out there right. to do this because it was it was off season. They were picking up a check, and uh, they would interview, you know, in between the at bats. And I guess they could even edit it down so you didn't have all this dead time, you know, that they have now. And uh, they ran it, you know, ESPN Classic. I was a big fan of that. What, uh, what happened to ESPN Classic? I don't know. I think it's a, it's a separate extra pay channel, which I don't pay for anymore. Okay. So I don't get it. But, but they, they ran stuff like that on there, and I thought that was really cool. Uh, by the way, here are the Hall of Famers that were in Home Run Derby, the 1960s television series. Hank Aaron, Ernie Banks. Al Kaline, Harmon Killebrew, Mickey Mantle, Eddie Matthews, yeah. Willie Mays, Frank Robinson, Duke Snyder. Pretty, yeah. pretty good. It also included some jabrones I've never heard of, like Wally Post, Dick Stewart. Tell me if you've heard of any of these guys. Gus Triandos? Yes, yes. He played for the Orioles. Briefly. He did, yes. Uh, Jackie yeah. Jensen? Yes, yes. He was a football player, too, at one point. Uh, Gil Hodges and Rocky Calavito I've heard of. Neither one are Hall yeah. of Famers. Bob Serve, C-E-R-V? Yeah, I've heard of him. Okay, Ken, C-E-R-V, yep. Ken yep, Boyer? Yep, yep. Ken Boyer, yep, yep. And here's a name you should know, Andy. Bob Allison. Yeah, he played for the Senators. Yeah, he was a Senator. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. You, you know yeah. your guys. All Original right. Senator, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, you excited for the Dwight Howard era here in town yeah. with the Wizards, huh? <laughs> Ah, you know, come on! He, he, he's like he's like the shiny Ferrari that sits on the lot and goes, "Gee, why isn't anybody buying it?" Well, do you know that they poured sugar in the gas tank? You know, he, he, he he's had he's had all these shots with all these teams. His numbers are great, but for some reason or another, they can't stand him. They can't wait to get him out of town. And if if Gilbert Arena, not Gilbert, <laughs> if John Wall, Freudian slip, if John Wall couldn't get along with Marching Gortat, oh do yeah, you think there's any reason, reason to believe he's going to be able to get along with this guy? That's what some pundits are saying. They're saying if you couldn't handle Gortat's sort of passive aggressive sniping, wait until you get the full Dwight Howard show. Yeah, unless, yeah. unless Andy, this time it's different. It you, could be. You never know. Maybe this time it's different. Usually in sports, it's never different, no matter how many times something has been repeated. But there well, probably are examples. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Well, the, 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 it could it could be Hainsworth without the contract, too. Could be. Well, wait a minute. Hainsworth after us didn't do shit. No, but I'm saying Hainsworth came to town with a bad pass saying he was going to change and was going to be different and was a complete pile of crap. Uh, this guy doesn't have that Hainsworth contract, so if it's a complete disaster, yeah. they're out, what, $11 bucks. But he also could come here and be just a complete cancer. True. Now, on our, on our best day with the best Dwight Howard we can get, 
where are we in the East in terms of how many teams are better than us right now in the East? Count them all. Boston. Ding. Boston. Okay. Uh, Toronto. Okay. Um, Philly. Atlanta. Would you put Philly, Philly ahead sure. of us? Would yep. you put the Pacers ahead of us? Don't know. Good okay. question. I, I would say that they're, they're showing their seven-game battle royale with LeBron last year had to open a lot of eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, the, the, the so on a clear on a, on a clear day, we're the fourth best team in the East. Yeah. yeah. Eh, I mean, they, they, it's not much but, to write home about, you know. But, but the gap between the Wizards and Celtics is pretty, pretty wide. Uh, yeah, you're right, which is bad. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how we're going to get out of this current rut. I mean, it's not a rut as bad as the mediocre, team, mediocre teams that were perennially like 42 and 40 and that kind of thing. Uh, during the late Bob Ferry era, as you so mm-hmm. lovingly remember, but we're in a high, we're in an era of high mediocrity that is going to take a while to burn off because of these contracts. Yeah, well, I mean, they they had to, I guess, sign Otto Porter, but right well, now didn't, that lo- they didn't have to sign anything. But at the they time, did. you go, well, you got to sign Otto Porter because well, they're that close. If John Wall doesn't break his hand, they're probably in the Eastern Finals. I know, but you, you know, know what so, though? You know what though? I said, don't sign him. So at least I'm on the rights. As as many times as I've been wrong, and you sat there in that studio watching me be yeah. loud wrong and not in doubt, every now and then I'm right. I was right on Spurrier, and I think I'm going to be right on Porter. I said, no, nah, just let him go. It's Seriously, it's going to be a killer contract. You know, it's enticing to me, this this talk. I, I may, may not happen, but this talk of Wall or Beal possibly winding up with the Lakers with LeBron in that when? at least. How? Well, that's, that's supposedly both those players are on their radar. Uh, and maybe it won't happen, but if they if one of them goes, at least it breaks this log jam, and there is the possibility of them being able to do some things. I don't know what, but maybe do some things creatively to make the team better. The thing you got to wonder is, does Ted have the stomach to go super submarine deep and suck really, really bad? Because I don't well, think he, I don't think you and I believe he can do that. He's not wired well, he's that done way. It. The, the Wizards did. And the Caps did for for a while under his watch. Really? Yeah. I mean, post post um, Yager, they were bad. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. And both Wall was a one one, Beal was a three, and Porter was a three, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's 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 okay. been that, and he he at one point even said about the Caps, which surprised everybody. Oh, we're not a playoff team now. We're a few years away, and people went, "What?" Owner said that. Yeah, yeah. he said it. Okay. And they was right. Uh, I haven't talked to you since LeBron went to L.A. Give me your quick thoughts on that. Well, I mean, to me, it looks like, you know, Barkley was saying this during the playoffs, that his legacy is secure. Yeah, I mean, everybody at this point in their career, just like Kobe, is chasing Jordan and the six rings. But he's got three. Realistically, he's win seven. So his legacy is secure. And he's now looking at what Magic did and what Kobe did. And he said, yes, I'd like to do that, too. And I'd like to have my post-basketball career set up in Los Angeles where I'm owning teams and making movies and doing things in Hollywood. And if we win a championship along the way, so be it. But otherwise, I'm good. That's the way I saw it. I said if he wins one title with the Lakers, just one, that he will be the greatest NBA player to have won a title in three different cities. And you said to me, don't forget about Dr. J, right? Yeah, we well, didn't win three titles, but you're, you, I think your point on the air was, has there ever been a player this good who played for three teams? And Who won three J- titles? 
Yeah. Or, well, or no, no, hold on. You're right. Let me back up. I, I, you're right. I didn't even say titles. I said it is yeah. rare for an iconic player, first ballot Hall of Famer, who is the face of the league to play in three different cities. Like, this is hard to do. This does not happen, generally speaking. Yeah. Now, Robert Parrish was a great player for the Celtics. He was a not-so-great player, I think, with Golden State before that. Uh, and then he finished his career like with the Bulls when he was just like there to give fouls. So, right. uh, but he, I don't think he's in that category. But Dr. J, that was extenuating circumstances. He All right, was so Dr. J for, played for who? Which teams again? Which cities? Well, he was with, he was with the Virginia Squires, which had been the Washington Capitals in the so ABA. ABA, and he was a great, great player for them. But they needed money, so they sold him to the New York Nets. And then here's the irony of this. When the ABA merged with the NBA in 1976, there was an entry fee to come in, and it was like $4 million. Well, the only way the Nets could enter the NBA was if they came up with the entry fee. The only way they could get the entry fee was to sell Dr. J, their best player, and they sold him to the 76ers. That's how that worked. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I think LeBron, you know, LeBron will be a great Pantheon-level player in three different cities, Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland again, and then L.A., and that almost has never happened because for guys like Jordan who end up on another team, they weren't really great. I mean, he sucked when he was with us. So when he was in here in Washington, Barkley played for three different teams, but he was kind of just mailing it in in Houston, and then Mm -hmm. you know he he was good in Phoenix and good in Philadelphia, but not not three out of three. LeBron, if he wins it, yeah. I think the, the thing about LeBron and his legacy, the fact that he came back to Cleveland and dropped off a title and said, here, shut up, take this, that his legacy will be fine. The people won't say, oh, all he did was chase titles. He jumped all over the country. No, he came back. He gave Cleveland a title, and it's, it's all good, yeah. I think. Well, Skip Bayless said he's already you know, damaged his reputation because he didn't attend a pizza party that he yeah. sort of promised he might do on Twitter. They spent yeah. Andy, they spent five minutes – on that show talking about that. Well, Five it's a two-hour show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, I guess. But still, yeah. it was it was such a disproportionate discussion of a complete nothing burger, and I guess that's what happens when you open up the maw of the beast of endless hours of programming that has to be filled by something, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, good, the good shows like PTI, they realize it's best consumed in a half an hour. You don't take something that's good and say, well, it's good for a half hour. It's going to be even better for two hours. No, it's not. It doesn't work that way. And I guess when you're paying Skip Bayless that much money, you're like, you're going to work an extra hour. It's just how it is. We got to get our money's worth because we're paying a lot. And you know they're not going to talk about our next subject, which is the incredible spate of horrific potential crimes being committed by NFL players. Wow. Wow. It's not only that, it's it's the random justice that's being meted out here. I mean, how how does Jameis Winston get a three game suspension for what he did? Because how does, how does it because here's why. Because the NFL says to him, We got the goods on you. You saw what happened to Brady, you saw what happened to Zeke Elliott, you cannot win. Take your three and go quietly, and then we don't have to end up leading the today show because it's a whole big kerfuffle about, well, this is what he claimed to have done, this is what the Uber driver said, and everything else. It was a Faustian bargain to keep this, to just snuff this out for league PR purposes, and Jameis 
came to the realization, yeah, I'm not going to beat the, the system either. Okay, but, but but if they say sexual assault is six, how do you bargain it down to three with a high-profile quarterback? It's either six or it's not a suspension. Well, did you, you see? Either, either, did you see the actual numbers on how many sexual assault punishments actually got the full six games? Someone broke it down. You know, I didn't see that. No, eight. Okay, so there was like eighteen cases since mm-hmm. this new you know no tolerance policy. Only two, Andy. Got the full six games when it was all said and done. Yeah, Almost yeah, all of well, them were, were chiseled down to something less. And I, this, this didn't get much play, but I think was a significant story. There were two women who were working, not for the league, but the Players Association. And they both quit saying, yeah, yeah. nobody was listening to anything we said. Right. They're like, our yeah. reputation's at stake because they're not even listening to the work that I've I spent four months interviewing Zeke Elliott and his girlfriend. I give a recommendation that, you know what, there's nothing here. You can't do anything. And they just go, nah, it's the Cowboys. Yeah. We need to slap them on the wrist. This this all ties back to the clown that's running the league. I know. They had he followed two incredibly smart commissioners. One of them was a, a great PR man in Pete Rozelle and understood you know how to how to keep the league visible and how to promote it and how to keep the owners out of trouble. And then Paul Tagliabue, who's a lawyer, who said, "Okay, don't do this because this is what's going to happen." This guy is just a trained thug. He just does whatever they want. I know. And you know what I keep saying would be the best slogan the league could ever have right now in this time of, of its existence is the NFL, the league that plays football. Yeah. Huh? How good would that be, Andy? It says it in bright letters. This is what we do. We play football. We don't champion social causes. We don't try to micromanage the feelings of the president or people that stand for the flag. We play fucking football. Okay, but the, but you've got the the uh, public's upset about the handling of the of the kneeling situation. Not just the players are kneeling, but how the league is handling it. Now, on top of that, fifty percent of your viewership is women. And look at how they've handled domestic violence. Andy, I I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But guess what? You're now flopping in the wind to the butthurt sensibilities of either good old Americans who want people to stand for the flag and women who are like, tut, tut, these guys are not the nicest people in the world. Remember, the NFL, we play football. That's your slogan right there. That that may be it because because nobody's been able to get their arms around these two runaway trains. Not only can not only can they not get their arms around it, it's never going to end, and these things yeah. keep coming up. It's not just Jameis Winston; it's now Marcel Darius, and this shady McCoy story is oh. a holy shit story right now. That I bet has the league scared as a ghost. Yeah, and and the, the latest is is that Dallas had some pretty good idea of this when they signed him. And they went, eh, it's okay. It's Dallas we'll, or we'll Buffalo? Buffalo, you mean? Dallas? Yeah, uh, Shady McCoy. Dallas signed him. Didn't what? Dallas sign him? No? Who, who, Shady McCoy? No, he went from yeah. Philly to Buffalo. Because remember, Shady accused, basically accused Chip Kelly of being a racist. That's that he right. Couldn't That's right. Rela- okay, he couldn't relate to the black player. And That's there's right. other incidents. There was just today a beat reporter, I think Marcus Hayes, for the Philadelphia Inquirer, who told Angelo Cataldi that after he had said some not so great things about you know uh, Shady McCoy as a rookie, mm-hmm. that Shady McCoy ran into him at a TV studio and then motherfucked him up one side and down the other, and threatened to kick his ass while he was getting made up in a makeup chair, and he said it really unnerved him. Like, hey, I've dealt with athletes before who are like, 
hey, I hear you're talking crap about me. But this was like over off the charts, he said, with Shady McCoy. God. Yeah. And so <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay, this is the thing about Shady McCoy. Like, this looks like a really messed up situation. He's got a girlfriend that he's broken up with. She thinks that he gave him a house. She thinks this, that, the other. Who knows what angle she's working. But there are incidents that the cops have been called where furniture's being moved out. She says against her will. He's having to take her to court to get her out of the uh, the, the, the house. You can't then have her pistol whipped. And then just go, who? Who wouldn't me? Or, gee, that's too bad. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think a lot of these guys, uh, they have their, their entourages and they'll say, we'll take care of it for you. And they say, yeah, you do that. Well, this is the kind of thing that happens. And it might have been a case of where Shady was like, listen, be cool, everybody. I'm going to court. In fact, I'm going to court tomorrow. We're going to finally get this settled. But one of his guys thought, oh, this is my way to get in good with Shady. Watch, I'll take care of it without his even approval. So it, yeah. could, it could be a situation like yeah. that. But the bottom line is, this doesn't happen. Like, for the most part, targeted attacks, middle of the night, brutally pistol whipping, taking jewelry back. You can't just go, oh, gee, that's weird. What timing, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, did, did anybody notice what happened to O.J. Simpson when he went in to get his stuff back? He, you know, he went to jail for nine years. <laughs> right, exactly. And yeah. and now the league is going to, and this is what I want to know, is the league going to spring into action with their parallel justice system where they investigate? Yeah, but the, look at where these investigations have gone. They go nowhere. Okay, but think about this. The victim claims he did this either by himself, where it's probably unlikely because he was in Florida at the time, or mm-hmm. by proxy. Doesn't the league have to believe credible allegations of a woman and investigate on their own? Isn't this Greg Hardy all over again, only to a much more severe degree? Yeah, sure it is. But but also they may say, they may cop out and say, well, we'll wait till the police investigation is complete. That's not their policy now. Because even when police investigations are complete, like in Zeke Elliott's case, where the police yeah. say, wrap it up, we got nothing, the league says, oh, well, we got our own system here, and we're going to jump in and investigate. And yeah, if the- because they, they, they sense the public opinion. They, that's how they make their decisions. Everything is made on the reaction. Same thing with Ray Rice. When the video came out, that's when they acted. And if the, and if the NFL does nothing, imagine how chilling a precedent that sets for other NFL players that are having problems with their baby mamas, girlfriends, mistresses, who are not going along with whatever the plan is, right? Now the yeah, templates they, now the they, templates they been now the template's been set. Make sure yeah. you're in another in another state. Give a wink and a nod to somebody that you know who's got a criminal past and doesn't give a fuck. Slip them ten grand and then shrug your shoulders and go, Oh, well, that was weird. Yeah. Well, most of them don't think it out that that carefully. Well, if Shady McCoy orchestrated this, he didn't think it out much either, did he? No, he didn't. But but I don't I don't know if the if the other players are as conspiratorial as as he may have been. Well, it's it's not a big conspiracy. It's just basic desire. I mean, this is what Ray Carruth did. He paid a, he paid oh, yeah. a hitman to kill his pregnant girlfriend. And, and Ray Carruth is getting out and now wants custody of his son. Oh, Jesus. Are you serious? 
Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the follow-up. Yeah, real sportsman. Bernie, Bernie's been all over this. Bernie? Oh, yeah. This, this, this has been. <laughs> Bernie, Bernie Goldberg, the, the inquisitive, skeptical reporter on uh, HBO's Real Sports. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's, that's the, 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 the selfishness with what these guys think. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, it's uh, it's crazy, and you know we've got another two weeks basically till training camps open. So I'm sure the league is hunkered down, hoping nothing else pops up. Although this Marcel Darius thing is not good; it's just a civil lawsuit at this point that a woman says he, he raped her and gave her VD. But it's just terrible looks all around. It is. It is. Are you? Uh, but you did have a man crush on Alex Smith when you interviewed him, so. Uh, you you must be very excited about the start of the Redskins training camp. Don't be a dick about this. Do you not like Alex Smith? <laughs> I didn't interview him in person like you did, and you were raving about how much in shape he was. Did I did I swoon in front of him? Would I embarrass myself a little bit? No, but 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 I saw you post interview, and you were still drooling a bit. <laughs> he, I'm telling you, Andy, he's dreamy. He is dreamy. He is a lean, mean athlete of a quarterback. And I think he's got a better-looking body than Kirk. Kirk, you know, kind of had this, you know. Oh, 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 speaking of Kirk. Uh, did you hear what just shook free? First time I've ever heard this. This is the first little weird nugget that shook free uh, in a long time on Kirk. Dan Pompey, writing for Bleacher Report, said yeah. that the Redskins let it leak out that Kirk Cousins stole the catchphrase, you like that, from the DBs on the team. Oh, really? <laughs> Yes! I'm like, whoa! As I said uh, on the show, I said, if my scroll wheel on my browser had screeching tire sound effects, it would have made that sound as I'm like scrolling, scrolling. Wait a minute! (laughs) What? That's apparently what the Redskins let leak, that that Kirk stole a catchphrase. Maybe like one of the DBs picked him off in practice and like Bashad Breeland's like, yeah, man, you like that? You like that? And Kirk's like, hey, wait a minute. I'm going to take that as my own. Next thing you know, he's making T-shirts out of it, and the DBs are like, man, that was our fucking phrase. What's that guy doing? <laughs> but don't you think that, that one of the DBs, if, if, if that actually happened, would have happened, said it said at the time, some... like, yeah, he got that from me because I picked him in practice. Yeah, Who knows? I mean, It's probably it... after-the-fact atmospheric bullshit that doesn't matter. But they, well, you, know, I, I... You, you are girding yourself, Andy, for a game-by-game, pass-by-pass comparison of our former girlfriend and our new girlfriend. Well, look, did you see how how close that team came to the Super Bowl with Case Keenum? They came kind of close. Yeah, Uh, like real close. uh, I would say they came two games close because they had really lost the Saints game. They lost the Saints game, and Keenum was not good against the Saints D that was very vulnerable. That Kirk lit up, oh, by the way, in New Orleans. So Keenum was average. They got bailed out by a miracle, and then they got destroyed by the Eagles. So I think they're further away than people think. Well, we'll see. But but they got a real live quarterback now. Is he, is he oh, no, uh, no, you know, no, no. top I, five? No, I think Kirk's going to be great. I think he's going to be great. Yeah. I don't know where he's going to be top five. I don't know if he's going to be better than Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith is going to be very good to possibly great. But it doesn't mean the Redskins will be good as a team because there's more to football than just, you know, passing numbers. Oh, well, this, this, this is it for Jay, too. I mean, they, they, this team has to win a playoff game this year, I think, for Jay to stay. This year? Yeah. No, nah, I think two years. He just got an extension. This fifth year. Just got fifth an extension. Year. First That's new year, first, cor- first year with the new quarterback. If you don't make it, you're like, ah, we're ironing things, some things out. He's got two years to make the playoffs. That's my if thought. You, th- you think he survives at 7-9 again? 
I do. I don't. Oh, I, do. I don't. Uh-uh. It's the new look Dan uh-uh. Snyder, man. It's called it's Patient Dan out there at Redskin Park, man. New new Patient Dan Snyder. Dan, but he's he's got he's got a real live front office guy now who's who's looking at the ticket situation, finally admitting to the public that they don't have a waiting list anymore. And I think he's going to have the overall look of the organization say, really, Dan, you've, you've got a guy here who's basically become North Turner, right? Wow. I mean, another seven and nine season, he's got like a North, a North-like run. I think, I think he's got to win five. Four is fatal. Four and 12 will be fatal. Five. You think he survives with five? I, I, call me crazy. Call me an oh Alex Smith uh, dude, bro. I mean, I just, I just think that I don't think they have the appetite to change right now because Dan Andy really likes Jay. You know why? Because Jay lets Dan drive the car next to him and beep the horn, and yay, he's with him. In that way, he is like Norv. Yeah, I guess. That buys, but... you, it buys you a lot of security. It's the hard asses that Dan loses patience with. Okay, okay, I, I can see that, but he's also going to have people whispering in his ear and going, you know, this guy, he's he's a player's coach. They all love him. The, remember Deshaun Jackson gave him a titty twister, you know? I know, hey. I know. And, and, and you know, yeah, yeah. I, 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 five, absolutely not. Five well, wins, no way, no how, well, he, no way. He, here, is, here is the darn dead honest truth, and we'll see if they're right or if other people are right. The belief in the building is unequivocally that fucker Kirk Cousins held him back last year. That's what they believe. They deadly, they earnestly believe, Andy, that Jay and his impeccable schemes had big plays dialed up all day every day, and Kirk either refused to throw him because he was protecting his stats or just isn't capable. That's what they believe, and they think Alex Smith, who has been called Check Down Charlie, is going to open that up. That's what they believe. Now yeah, maybe they're okay. right. And, maybe they're right, but we'll see. Yeah, and let I mean, and they're also banking on Geis being the next Jim Brown. Oh, they, hear. I hear people say he's the best running back they've had since Portis, and I'm like, he hasn't gained a down a single yard yet. <laughs> right. And and you know, and, and every movie makes oh, he bought his mom a car. He must not be a bad guy. I know, I know. I I like to see that, but it's it's pretty easy stuff to buy your mom a car. I mean, he's not making a ton of money. He's a third round pick. So I understand, and he paid tuition for a girl from LSU, which is a nice thing to do. Doesn't mean there aren't police blotter activities looming on his resume soon. Well, also, you know, we just don't know. I mean, we were saying the same things about Matt Jones, even into his first year when he had some big games. He was bowling over dudes, and that guy is out of the league right now. That's right. Out and, and, of the league. Yep. That, these, these guys get used up. And, and you know, let's, let's see. But, but these, these mini-camp proclamations are ridiculous. Let's see. Let's see what happens. But guess what? It happens all over the league. Hope springs eternal in June for every NFL team. And for Understood. some of them, it'll come true. Andy, good to talk to you. Sorry you will not be going to the All-Star game. If I find a spare ticket in between now and next Tuesday, I'll let you know. I doubt it, but I'll let well, you know. Well, I already have plans for that night, but I thank you. Plans you can't get out of? Are they that ironclad? Really, Andy? Yeah, I, really? yeah they are. Oh, you're having a party? Yeah. yeah. Oh. All-Star party. Yeah. Barbecue, whole thing. You know, you saw uh, my deck, you know. Well, I wasn't invited. So now... Well, I knew you had plans. No, you didn't. (laughs) So now... See, now I feel kind of bad. All right. (laughs) Is that how we roll?
Yes, we do. All right, Andy. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Thanks, bud. Talk to you soon. See ya. We'll end with this today. Charles Oakley, come on, man. In fact, this should be on an episode of Come On, Man, or an edition of Come On, Man. I wish I wish Come On, Man would, have, would be an all-year thing. Come on, man. Like, for example, another story in the Come On, Man category. Uh, guess who just got sentenced to a six-year stretch in the federal pen? One Kermit Washington. Yes, the same guy that once crushed Rudy Tomjanovich's skull like an egg. Kermit Washington was apparently running a charity that was apparently a giant scam that the feds in Missouri said, hmm, lavish vacation, shopping sprees, hmm, plastic surgery for your girlfriend. Who paid for that? Oh, your charity. Kermit Washington's charity was to raise money for starving kids and HIV-positive children in Africa. Wow. What a scumbag. Come on. Come on, man. Charles Oakley belongs in the come on, man, because according to police, he was busted at a casino in Vegas after coaching his big three basketball game. According to TMZ Sports, Oakley was suspected of swiping a $100 chip off the table when he thought he was going to lose his bet, thought he could get away with it. Security at the Cosmo stopped Oakley with the incident having been recorded. They reviewed the footage. See, this is where I like replay. In one case, let's go to replay, everybody. Wait, does the casino have a challenge left? Why, yes, they do. They went to uh, security, and they're like, hey, man, not cool. If convicted, Oakley could theoretically face one to six years in prison if convicted of fraud at a gaming establishment. However, another source said this is an insignificant matter that will quickly be resolved. Just take the L, Oak, and be done with it. Of course, he doesn't like losing money. Oakley is is the same guy who once was owed a dice bet by, oh, who was the clipper that owed him the money? Basically, before the game, someone who was on the Raptors, uh, no, the Clippers. uh, Oakley was a Raptor at the time, I believe. And someone on the Clippers, Jeff McGinnis, I think that's who it was, owed him money from a dice game. Who knows, over the summer, summer league, when they were teammates, whatever. And he wasn't paying. What was I going to do? He wasn't paying me. And so Oakley just walks in to shoot around, grabs a pumpkin, and then (laughs) fires it right at McGinnis' head. Brawl breaks out, and I think he got his money. Problem is, Oak, they're the casino. You're the chump who's getting fleeced. So when you lose, take your L and go to bed. That'll do it for today. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Hit up a Reddit thread about how great this thing is. Have a good weekend. Oh, by the way, leave a positive review and rating. Download, subscribe to all the major podcast outlets. And always remember, the eye in the sky never lies. And they've got videotape, too. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Put your car on cruise and lay back, because it's summertime.